transforming the game. My boss bubble feet yeah. and I knock out the beat yeah. like Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Are you ready to rumble? Yeah. I'm ready to feast. Cause my yeah. mind is a cage, I'm unleashing yeah. the beast. And these rappers be mute every time I release. Why they bitches be putting my sauce on repeat? It's like revelation. I ain't know you can rap. I expected much less like you working that gap. But they see me in person and give me that death. Welcome back to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast presented by Sib Sports. This is your host, John Ashkar, and today with me, I'm back with my co-host, Jack Vandermatter. Welcome back, Jack. Hello, fine people. I'm glad to be back, back in action, talking about a little free agency today. And I'm, I'm excited to, to get into it. we got a lot of guys to talk about. Yeah, so we have a lot on our plate, a lot of potential free agents that could come to Cleveland for the Browns. But first, let's just start with a quick roundup, Jack, of what's been happening with the Browns and the NFL First off, the NFL, they increased their salary cap space, but the Browns have used some of it already. So now the Browns are standing at $24 million in cap space, which is still like 14th in the NFL, which is pretty good for them. Yeah, 14th uh, in the NFL with $24 million, it's not bad. It gives us some room to work with, but we're, we don't have a ton, right? So we're not going to be able to sign. Like If we do go for one of those bigger free agents, we're not going to have much room after that. So it's just enough to maybe uh, fill some positions in need, but I, I don't think we'll be seeing a ton of big splash free agents this offseason. Never know. So next, the Browns lost out on J.J. Watt, as you guys all probably know. And this sucks, but there's other good pass rushers out on the market. He went for a lot of money to the Cardinals, and maybe the Browns could get someone cheaper that could get just as much or the same amount of production as Watt. Yeah, well, the, the reports were that the Browns and the Colts actually offered more money than the Cardinals. But he chose the Cardinals. I think he stated the biggest reason was Kyler Murray, which is not a shot at Baker, but it does say, you know, it gives the Baker some more motivation to, to say that J.J. Watt thinks Kyler Murray is a better quarterback. But, again, like you said, maybe it's not the worst thing. We can get someone cheaper, and it could, you know, lead to some more money freed up to spend on another position. But definitely stings a little bit. Yeah, and our last quick roundup point is – Tight end David Njoku might want out from the Browns. There was rumblings last offseason that he requested a trade, but he toughed it out. He played a really great season, was a good producer on this team, but there's questions surrounding his status with the team again, and we might not be seeing him as a Brown for much longer. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if David Njoku is out. He's been uh, This has been kind of the rumor for the last year or so. And like you said, he actually was, I think he looked the best I've ever seen him play when he was on the field last year, uh, which is a little disappointing that, you know, it's going to probably likely come to an end with the Browns so soon. But yeah, I just don't see a way that with, with Harrison Bryant and Hooper on the roster that, you know, Njoku is ever happy in Cleveland. Yeah, you know, I, I love Njoku. I, I personally think he's the best tight on on our roster. I think he still really hasn't tapped into his potential, and I think he has the best athletic ability out of all the other mm-hmm. tight ends. With that being said, Barry signed Austin Hooper for a reason. That's his big signing from last offseason, and I think they're going to stick with Hooper. But I really hope we can find a way to keep Njoku and get him the balls that he needs. Moving into our next point, there are positions of need. So the biggest positions of need, in our opinion, are cornerback, defensive end, defensive tackle, linebacker, safety, and wide receiver. Jack, out of those six positions, what do you think is the most important? I think the most important, and, and the Browns front office probably won't agree with me here, but it's linebacker. Um, our linebacker core is just so thin and inexperienced right now. Cornerback, like I, I would say, quarterback is a close second, but we have Denzel Ward. We have at least one stud there already. Linebacker, we're really lacking there. So I would, I would go with linebacker. How about you? Yeah. So I we talked about this last episode. 
the Browns definitely could use a great linebacker there. Not saying that the guys that we don't have or, or that we have are not great. It's just they could use an experienced vet that can, you know, kind of do everything there for them. But the Browns really aren't going to address it. Maybe they surprise us by getting Levante David. But I would say our biggest position need is also cornerback. Opposite of Ward, the Browns really haven't had anyone reliable. I'm hoping Greedy Williams can come back healthy. But even Ward has missed time with injuries, missed time with COVID this past year. So I think they really just need to go add depth, another starter. It would be big for our pass defense. And, I mean, they just really need to add that depth in the secondary, whether it's at corner or safety. Yeah, and there, there are a couple of good cornerbacks out on the market that could fill that, that position of need for the Browns. And starting off, I think let's talk about Richard Sherman here, who uh, is a free agent this year. It's, it seems to be like he's, uh, he's pretty much out of San Francisco. They have no interest in bringing him back. Everyone knows Richard Sherman is a pretty common name, but he is 32 years old and he missed most of last season with a calf strain. In 2019, he was the number one ranked cornerback. Obviously, that wasn't able to repeat that performance last year due to injury and, and some regression. But what do you think about the Browns signing Richard Sherman? You know what? Personally, Jack, I would love this. I think the Browns' defense needs that veteran presence with whatever position they can get, especially a cornerback. And I, I know he's old. I know he missed a lot of last season. But like in 2019, like you said, he was the number one cornerback per PFF. I think he still has juice left in the tank. He played with Joe Woods over in San Francisco where he had that great season. And I think if he came here, he could be a huge addition to this defense and be a very big help of what the Browns have needed. Yeah, I, see, I'm not going to disagree with you entirely. I do worry about the calf strain last year because a calf strain is, is a you know, it's a bad injury, but he even said himself that the recovery time was way longer than it should have been. Now, I don't know if that's on, you know, any part due to the, the 49ers holding him out for whatever reason. But, you know, seeing a guy that of that age taking that long to recover from that type of injury worries me a little bit. I know he was a great cornerback in 2019, but it seemed kind of like that whole team was was kind of eating in 2019 and maybe maybe he caught you know because I feel like the whole team kind of caught that that same injury bug this past year everyone kind of had a down year for the Niners so I he's a really tough guy to evaluate I will say I'll, I'll end it on this I think it really for me depends on the price like I'm not paying a premium by any means for Richard Sherman who I think offers more as, as, as far as experience goes than really playing you know I think he, I mean it's a decent depth piece with some upside but I, I don't I don't know if like I think a guy like Mike Hilton who we're gonna talk about right here would probably be a better option in my opinion. So next talking about Mike Hilton is another great cornerback option that the Browns could pursue. He's been on the Steelers, he's been a pest for the Browns for the past couple years. But he would be a great addition for the slot as a cornerback for the Browns. The Browns really didn't have a good slot corner last year. They had some of the most slot receiving yards let up in the entire NFL, so Hilton would be a huge addition. He had the 10th lowest allowed pass rate in the NFL last year at 60.2. And he adds to the defense a lot as he's a very good pass rusher. Yeah, Mike Hilton, one of the most underrated cornerbacks last season for the Steelers. So that's the other thing is if, if we sign Mike Hilton, you're taking a player off the Steelers, which obviously we all love as Browns fans. So I, I would love to see Mike Hilton when we talk about our best players available. He is one of the guys that I am very high on. So I would love to see Mike Hilton with the Browns next season. Moving on to Desmond King, who is another slot cornerback. 
26 years old. He was an all pro in 2018, but he's really had some down seasons since then. I think he was released by the Chargers. He's played very well at times, like his first couple years in the league, and then it's really he's really kind of fallen off. So I don't know what uh, the market for Desmond King is going to look like, but he's an interesting consolation prize if you miss out on a guy like Sherman or Hilton. Yeah, I, I mean, King's not going to be my first option. I think the Chargers actually traded him to the Titans last year for like a six-round pick. Oh, okay. But but yeah. King was like a middle-of-the-draft guy, came in, had an amazing rookie year, and it's just kind of regressed since then. But, I mean, he's only 26 years old. Like you said, he was at All-Pro in 2018. Gets in a good system, gets the right coaching. You know, maybe he turns it around. Maybe he can have another great season. And if so, I don't think his market value is huge right now. Maybe you get a good slot corner for cheap, someone that can really bolster your secondary. Our next corner and our last corner is more of an under-radar signing, but he did have a really good year last year. It's Brian Poole from the New York Jets. He is also a slot corner. If you guys notice, we're talking about a lot of slot players right now because, like we said before, the Browns let up some of the most yards from the slot last year. But anyways, Poole was the 11th overall ranked cornerback per PFF last year, and he had the 8th best coverage grade. Yeah, another guy similar to uh, Mike Hilton who just didn't get the hype he deserved. You know, that was probably due to the abysmal season that the Jets had. But another guy that, you know, has a lot of upside and pretty low risk that the Browns could definitely look into bringing in. And I would not be mad at that at all. Any other comments on the cornerback position before we move on to defensive end and linebacker? Yeah, you just you have to go and get someone, whether it's through the draft yeah. or free agency. I, there's no, really no excuse not to go add a corner or two, whether it's a veteran, a young guy, a big contract. You got to do something. Uh, yeah, I mean, and if you're not if you're not addressing it in free agency, you got to address it in the draft. So, I, I definitely think that the Browns will be looking into all those guys we just mentioned. Moving on to defensive end linebacker, I want to well, we might as well lead it off with the uh, the cream of the crop if you will. <laughs> the creme de la creme. Yeah, creme de la creme. Uh, Shaquille Barrett, who had 19 and a half sacks in 2019 and then eight sacks last year, but was still a, an integral part of that disgusting front eight that the Buccaneers deployed last season. He's going to require big money. I think he was making around $16 million last year. So he's going to be like one of those guys that's a splash signing, going to take up most of that $24 million that the Browns have left. But it could be worth it. Yeah, this is a signing that I would love for the Browns to, you know, do, but I don't think it's really going to happen just because of the amount of money he's going to demand. Now, I, I I think he would be a great fit for this team, especially needing that opposite pass rusher of Miles Garrett. And he plays outside linebacker too, which isn't best for the Browns system, but if you kind of just transition him into a defensive end role, he would fit really well. He would put that pressure on the quarterback, and he would give that Browns a really stout defensive front. Plus, if the Browns do re-sign Rashard Higgins, he's a Colorado State boy. He's friends with Higgins, so it would be great to get those two on the Browns. Yeah, I want to talk real quick next. I'm going to move down the list just a little bit and talk about Bud Dupree, who I think is the other guy that really contends for being the best uh, outside linebacker available. He, he's a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers, so I'd love to get him off that team. That would make our lives as Browns fans a lot easier. Um, he also almost made $16 million last year. His season was, was cut short. He only played in 11 games, but he was having a great season. He had eight sacks up until that point before he tore a ligament in his knee. So that injury might play into his market, but um, another guy who, who is really a stud when he's healthy. 
Yeah, like you said, getting anyone off the Steelers is a win, especially that nasty defense that they had at the beginning of last year. And Dupree tore his ACL. Obviously, that's going to be a hard injury to come back from, but it's not something that's impossible to come back from. And he would be a great pass rusher to add to this team and someone that's really good to get away from Pittsburgh. Moving on to our next defensive end or outside linebacker again is Von Miller. But I I just want to say something real quick about Von Miller first. He is still a member of the Denver Broncos before we go over this. He's not a free agent. There's a good chance that he gets cut. But at this moment, he is still a part of the Denver Broncos, guys. Yeah, Von Miller, the the situation with Denver has been weird over the last couple of years. He's getting a little older um, and then and then missed all of 2020 with an ankle injury. I mean, it just doesn't make a lot of sense for that, that, that young Broncos team, but he's been there for so long, so I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen with that situation. Operating under the assumption that he is released, you know, he uh, everyone knows how good he, he's been throughout his career, uh, averaging a PFF grade of almost 90 from 2011 to 2019, he could still make a big impact. A change of scenery might be what that guy needs. Yeah, a change of scenery could be good for someone like Vaughn. We know how dominant he was in the past in the NFL, winning Defensive Player of the Year. Plus, he is a Texas A&M Aggie, so if he did become a free agent, I know Miles Garrett is good friends with him, so maybe we would have some recruiting power in that sense. So moving into more of just natural defensive end jacks. Our first defensive end is Yannick Ngakwe, who played for, I think, two different teams last year, but started yeah, on the Jaguars. The Vikings, Vikings, and then moved over to the Ravens. Yeah, so he was traded from the Jags to the Vikings to the Ravens. So it would be good, again, to get someone out of the Browns' division rivals' hands and put them on the Browns. Now, Yannick didn't have as hot of a year as people thought he would, but he still has had eight-plus sacks every year that he's been in the league. And, I mean, he would not be too expensive an option, but $8 million could be a lot for the Browns. Yeah, Yannick is a guy that has been very consistent, like you said, 8-plus sacks every year. And he made $8 million last year. It's not like you're not paying 16 the price of some of these super, super talented guys. But I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Yannick Ngakwe. He's, he, he kind of forced himself out of Jacksonville. And then I don't, also don't know what the market for him is going to look like. I don't know if you're getting him at $8 million or you might be paying a little bit more. So Yannick is a guy that you can consider, but I think there's other guys in this list that I'd prefer over Yannick Ngakwe. Again, that being said, taking a guy off the Ravens never hurts. The next guy that we want to cover is Carl Lawson, who ranked 14th among edge defenders last season with the 8th best pass rushing grade. Carl Lawson, you know, he's been a pretty solid player throughout his career. What, what do you think the market for a guy like Carl Lawson is going to be? You know, obviously he's not a huge name, but I think a lot of NFL teams are seeing potential in someone like Carl Lawson. So I think as we speak, the market for him is kind of shooting up. I definitely think he's someone that the Browns can afford, given that he's not like a huge name like a J.J. Watt or a Von Miller, even though the Browns could have afforded one of them. But I think he's not going to come cheap. I, th- I think he may come even more expensive than someone like Yannick Ngakwe, for example. But I definitely think it would be a good signing for the Browns to bring in. And again, like a common theme, like we've been saying, he played for the Bengals. So it's never bad to take these players from a division team. Yeah. Carl Lawson, too. Like he, I could see a wide range of outcomes. Like There, there could be teams that are really high on Carl Lawson because he did show some promise, and he, and he is pretty young at 25 years old. So... 
I think it would be a great fit for the Browns if we decided to bring him in. Probably not super expensive, but also not super cheap. It'll be it'll, that would be an interesting signing. The next guy we're going to talk about has a little history with the Browns. Barely, we wanted this guy last season. Turned out to be the right move not to get him. I don't think he wanted to come to Cleveland. But Jadavion Clowney, who had zero sacks in eight games played this season before he missed the second half of the season. And a guy that, you know, last year was widely considered one of the best uh, edge-rushing free agents out there really kind of took a chance on himself by signing a one-year deal with the Titans, and it didn't really pay off. So what are, you, what are your thoughts about Jadavion Clowney? So listen, obviously Jadavion Clowney has a wild amount of natural talent. That's why he was taken first overall. But in the NFL, he just, one, hasn't proven that he could produce, and two, has not proven that he can stay healthy. So this is someone that I would want to stay away from, Jack. Given his personality and given his production, I just don't think it would be someone that's worth it for the Browns. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think I wrote down that nobody wants him, which is a little <laughs> extreme. But yeah, I would, I would agree. I, I would not be super thrilled if the Browns decided to bring in Clowney unless it was on a great deal. So we talked about Bud Dupree. So Trey Hendrickson is the last guy we're going to talk about. And I know if there's any Saints fans listening, which there may or may not be, Saints fans love Trey Hendrickson. He is like a home homegrown guy. Really underrated. Nobody, not very many people know his name, but he had 14 sacks last year and was really one of the unsung heroes on the Saints defense. He could be a really interesting guy. I think the, the market is slowly warming up to him, like his name's starting to get out there, but a, a guy that's improved every year he's been in the league. What are your thoughts about bringing in him? Yeah, I think this could be a great signing for the Browns. Obviously not a ton of money, but he's going to demand a pretty good market value. Only 26 years old. 14 sacks last year. He had that huge breakout game versus the Bucks, where he had three sacks on Tom Brady. I think this could be a great ad, and I think it could be a great person to put across from Miles Garrett, especially because this guy's young and he has room to grow, Jack. Yeah, exactly. Defensive tackle, which is a position that is interesting for the Browns because Larry Ogunjobi is a free agent who we may or may not bring back. So currently at the moment, defensive tackle, I wouldn't say is a huge position of need for the Browns, especially relative to their other positions. But it's something that we could look into if Larry Ogunjobi decides to walk or we decide to let him walk. Starting off with Shelby Harris, who was the eighth-ranked defensive tackle for PFF last season and had the eighth-best pass rushing grade. Uh, what are your thoughts on Shelby Harris, John? Yeah, I mean, he was great for the Broncos last year. He may be a bit too expensive for the Browns, considering that they'll probably want to spend their money elsewhere on the defense. The Browns only have, like, two starters for defensive tackle on their team right now, and that's Sheldon Richardson and Jordan Elliott. And people are even unsure with Richardson because of his contract. Maybe they restructure it. Maybe they even cut him. Like you said, Larry Ogunjobi's a free agent. Our boy Vincent Taylor's a free agent. So no matter what they do, the Browns are going to have to address defensive tackle in some shape or form, and it may not be a bad idea to go get a veteran defensive tackle like Shelby Harris. The next guy that we have listed here, Jack, is Jarrell Casey, who only played three games last year, but he's been a great NFL player over his career, got traded from the Titans to the Broncos, and maybe on a decline, but could be a good veteran presence to have in the locker room and on the field for the Browns. Yeah, you mentioned that he got traded to the Broncos and kind of had his first down season in a long time. 31 years old, doesn't fit the Browns' young core super well. I don't, again, market could be uh, all over the place for him. I think he made $11.2 million, million last year. So I, I wouldn't want to pay that type of price for a guy like Jarrell Casey, who, I, again, like you said, is on the downswing. 
but as a guy to look into as a as a you know a filler if if defensive tackle becomes a position of need. Levante David at linebacker. I want to I want to talk about this guy. This is tough because he was really the captain of the Bucks defense last year, and I think is very a very likely candidate to get to stay with the Bucks. I think the Bucks want this guy back. And I, you know what? To be honest, I'll, I'll say this quick. I don't know how as as good as Levante David is. I don't know how great of a fit it would be with the Browns. Uh, just because, like, it seems like he's th- he thrives so well with that team. You know, a, a change of scenery might not work for a guy who is on the older side. I think he's 31 years old. So that, that could be an interesting signing. But it, I, 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 there's some red flags for me with Levante David switching teams. Yeah, I mean, David, first and foremost, is a great player. He has 100-plus tackles in eight of his nine seasons. And like yeah. we said, linebacker's clearly the Browns' biggest position of need. But like you also said, he's 31. He's been a Tampa Bay Buccaneer his entire career. So who knows how a change of scenery would even work. But yeah. just looking at his play, he was the fourth-ranked linebacker last year, fifth-best coverage grade. He could certainly be a huge upgrade for the Browns at a bigger kind of price, too. And I know Mary Kay Cabot even yeah. said that the Browns were linked to him. So that's someone to watch out for, but I don't think the Browns are going to sign another linebacker. I agree, and, and the price for Levante David is going to be very, very high. So, I, I, I especially to considering Barry, you know, doesn't value linebacker as much as some other position. I, I don't see the Browns bringing in David, but it's something interesting to consider. The next guy, Malcolm Smith, who was a member of the Cleveland Browns last year and played very well, fifteenth ranked linebacker per PFF with the eighth best coverage grade, really kind of stepped up for the Browns this past season. I would love to see Malcolm Smith back with the Browns. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't really even think there's much to say about this. He's a veteran. He wouldn't be expensive whatsoever. He was great for the Browns last year, and I think he would be a really good option for the Browns to bring back for this young defense. Agreed, agreed. Moving on to safety, Jack. This is one of the most highly touted positions here with some of the biggest free agent names. Starting off with John Johnson III, who played for the Rams last year. He was the number three-ranked safety per PFF. He had the third-best coverage grade and the sixth-best run defense grade. So he's great all over the field and someone the Browns could really use. Yeah, I'm very high on John Johnson III, mainly because I love his name. But also, he is a really great player and really had a breakout year last year. Uh, was one of the best safeties in the league for the Rams last year, and I think would just be a really good fit for the Browns. I think safety is another uh, huge position of need outside of linebacker and corner. Uh, Carl Joseph's a free agent. Uh, Grant Delpit, I mean, we haven't seen him play yet, so we don't really know what we have in him. Uh, safety is absolutely a position of need, and I think John Johnson would fill that role really well without costing the Browns an incredible amount of money. Yeah, I mean, he obviously is going to demand a good market, but he's not going to be someone to break the bank. And that's and the same can be said for our next guy, Anthony Harris. Now, if we're talking about free agency last year, Anthony Harris is going to be a, a safety that breaks the bank for you. But he kind of had a down season, Jack, and he wasn't great this year. But like we said, last year, number one ranked safety per PFF. This year, he was still going to pass coverage, had the ninth lowest completion percentage allowed among NFL safeties. This is another guy that I'd love to see the Browns get. He was in Minnesota with Stefanski and could be a great option for the Browns this year. Yeah, agreed 100%. I, I think uh, Anthony Harris is another guy that I'm pretty high on. Um, and I think, you know, that, that down season that he had last year could be a blessing for a team like the Browns who are looking to get him because it, it probably brings his market value down a little bit. But, yeah, still showed some, some juice and I think could absolutely be a big piece 
uh, to the Browns' defensive plans if we decided to bring him in. Marcus Williams is the next guy we're going to talk about, uh, who was the second-highest-graded safety in the NFL over the past two years and had the first-best run defense grade. Those are some very, very good numbers for a guy who does not get a ton of hype. Yeah, this is an under-the-radar signing, but, Jack, he was so solid for the Saints this past year and the year before that. It's someone who I think could go miles for the Browns, especially with run defense. Ronnie Harrison, I love him, and he's very good in coverage. Now, if you pair him with someone like Williams, who's very good versus the run, you're looking at it a super, super stout safety core, especially when you go and add Grant Dale Pitt into the mix. So I think Williams could be a top option for the Browns at not a ton of money either. Absolutely. I, I would love to bring in Marcus Williams. And our last safety option is Marcus May from the New York Jets. Another Jets player that was great this past year. Didn't hear a lot about him just because the Jets were not a good team. But May ranked 11th among safeties per PFF, and he had the 8th best coverage grade. Yeah, Marcus May, 27 years old, is another guy that I think the, the Browns could absolutely bring in if we miss out on those top three guys. And, and, and I think is actually another kind of unsung hero for the Jets, uh, similar to Brian Poole. Really, really kind of stepped up when they needed him with the absence of Jamal Adams and played pretty well. So I would like to, I would love to see Marcus May with the Browns if we miss out on one of those bigger names. So lastly, moving on to the wide receiver position, obviously the Browns have some great receiver talent, but they still need to go add some depth and barring a trade, they might have to go add another starting wide receiver. So our first Wide receiver is Rashard Higgins, and the only thing we have to say about him is bring him back because we love him. Yeah, moving on. I mean, we don't even need to say anything else. Bring bring Rashard Higgins back. The next guy, Rashad Perryman, played for the Browns in 2018 and showed a lot of chemistry with Baker. I actually really like Rashad Perryman. We, we actually re-signed him, but then right before we traded for Odell, and then uh, he said he wanted out after that, which is completely understandable. He only made $3 million last year. He would be super cheap. And I think he's actually a pretty underrated guy. He's, he's, he has some serious uh, game-breaking speed when he, uh, when he gets open downfield. So Rashad Perryman, you know, if, if for some reason Higgins is not back, or even if he is back, I wouldn't mind seeing Perryman in a Browns uniform once again. Yeah, Perriman looked great with the Browns two years ago. He was a great deep ball threat. I know a lot of Browns fans have been really talking about that, how the Browns need a true deep threat guy. Perriman can bring that. He's got great speed. There was a reason he was drafted in the first, but injuries and the play with the Ravens kind of hindered that. But this is another guy that I'd love to see the Browns bring in and someone that wouldn't be too expensive. Yeah. Our last option at wide receiver is Corey Davis, who played for the Titans last season, another former first-round pick. He had almost 1,000 yards last year, Jack, and five touchdowns. Yeah, Corey Davis, who, who a lot of people, he really did have kind of a, his best season in, in the league. I think PSS loved him last year, uh, grading him as one of their top five, I, mean, I think, wide receivers. I wouldn't go that far to say he's a top five receiver, but he did have a solid season, really kind of the compliment to A.J. Brown in Tennessee, um, and, and showed he finally, I think, lived up to some of that draft capital that the Titans used on him back in, what, 2016? So, I, I will say, the last thing I'm going to say about Corey Davis, though, is I would, honestly, out of all these guys, I would not love to see Corey Davis uh, with the Browns because I think he's going to demand a decent amount of money just because he kind of had his best season right before his contract year, and I think that's a little bit of a, of a tease or a trap. Um, I don't think Corey Davis is truly kind of a, a guy that you want to spend a lot of money on, but you never know. 
yeah, the only way I see the Browns bringing in someone like Corey Davis is if they did end up trading someone like Jarvis Landry or Odell right, Beckham right. Jr. But the thing is, Corey Davis's market value is around $15 million, which Odell and Jarvis are both out oh, for. Yeah. So it really doesn't make sense to That's bring crazy. someone like him in. But it is still a possibility that we wanted to talk about. And that's the same reason that we didn't mention guys like Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, who are also free agents. It's just because unless Odell or Jarvis gets moved, those guys are just really not realistic options for the Browns. So let's talk a little bit about our best-case scenario before we wrap this episode up. I'll I'll let you go first. What what is your best-case free agency scenario for the Browns? Yeah, so... I think the Browns are going to try to address every position the best they can, and I think they will. I love Andrew Bear. I love what he's done, and I think he still has a lot of potential as a GM. First of all, I think they're going to go sign a veteran like Richard Sermon. If not, I think they're going to go get a cheaper option at corner like Brian Poole and then maybe bring in another corner through the draft. Next, I think they're going to go get a young defensive end like Trey Hendrickson. Like I said earlier in the show, he has so much room to improve, and he already had 14 slacks last year. So I think it'll be great. Next, I don't think they're really going to address linebacker much, but I think they will bring back Malcolm Smith. He was great for us last year, and I'd love to see him back. Fourth, I think Marcus Williams is the best fit for the Browns. and I, I could see Andrew Barry bringing him in. So that's what I'm hoping they do. I hope they bring in Marcus Williams from the Saints. And then lastly, I would say for wide receiver, either Higgins or Perriman. I would love to see Higgins back, but I would also love to see Perriman here too. So Jack, let's hear yours. Yeah, so for cornerback, I have a different guy. I have Mike Hilton. I would love to, A, post him from the Steelers, and B, I think he's one of the best slot guys in the league. He really played really well for the Steelers. So I'd like to see Mike Hilton. I think that would fit perfectly with the Browns defense. At wide receiver, uh, I said Hollywood Higgins. I mean, it's it's just don't uh, – we don't need to get cute. And you, you mentioned Perryman. I would love to see Perryman too, but Hollywood is my guy. At safety, I said I, I did a I had a three way tie. I really would be happy with John Johnson the third, Marcus Williams or Anthony Harris. I think if I had to rank him, I'd go Marcus Williams one, John Johnson two, and Harris three. But that's really I, I would love any of those options. And then at uh, outside linebacker, I said Bud Dupree. Uh, again, this is best case scenario. <laughs> this is not what I actually think is going to realistically happen. But Bud Dupree is such a beast when he's healthy, man. And it's I think like. Aid, again, is a common theme, but to get him off the Steelers and to really just give us some some additional edge rush outside of Miles Garrett would be so big for the Browns. So that that, that is my best case scenario. I think with if, if that happened, even close to that happening, the Browns would be in for a fantastic season next year. But to sum it up, they have a lot of work ahead of them. They have a lot right. of holes to fill. And hopefully they can go get some of these guys, give them a decent amount of money, and really bulk up this defense because we know they need to. Absolutely. Well, that about wraps it up. I'm glad we got to talk a little free agency. Yeah, it was good. Maybe we'll be back with a free agency review or something like that. Quick shout-out to Isaiah T. Billings Clyde and exquisite team Buble Schwinslow. And again, thank you to anyone that interacted with us on Twitter. Again, if... if Always be on the lookout if you don't follow us at hottest underscore take pod on Twitter. We're active there the most, and we'll all often uh, give you guys opportunities to make the show. So thank you for anyone that follows us there or, or gave us some some suggestions. Yeah, today that was Aaron Trigg, Jake Stiltner, and Ohio Sports. So shout out to you guys. Thank you for the responses, and hopefully we could answer some questions for you. It was great talking to you again, Jack. We'll catch you all later. Stay hot, our friends. Peace.
And thanks to you guys if you made it this far listening to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast. Today's intro song, Paper Chase, was made by our friend Revelation, who goes by Vo, and this track can be found on Spotify and Apple Music. We will have a link to it in the description. Make sure you all go give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the hottest underscore take pod. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay updated with our show. Also, make sure you rate the show and leave some feedback. Thanks again, y'all. See you next time.